Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Yeah, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. I kind of had a, like a, a little one-man party last night watching that red state versus blue state debate. Do you realize what you just said? You were at home having a one-man party. <laughs> I was enjoying myself, yes. <laughs> no, I was not treating myself like an amusement park, but I was having fun. Kids were in bed. Wife was exhausted from a business trip. I pour a drink. I'm watching DeSantis v. Newsom, and DeSantis uh, wiped the floor with Newsom's butt. You know, it was one of those events where I wasn't really that excited to watch it, and I turned it on. In the back of my mind, I kept thinking, man, I should be watching the Cowboys game. I should <laughs> right. be you know, watching the Thursday night football game. But once it got going, man, it was pretty good. I was entertained by it. We had good back and forth action last night. And they were calling this the red versus blue state debate. And it was on Sean Hannity's show. So he acted as the moderator for it. And I'm looking at social media. And this is what rubbed me the wrong way last night. There were a lot of Trump supporters openly rooting for Gavin Newsom last night. Like, I get Donald Trump is your guy. And you might feel DeSantis is a little, you know, unloyal or whatever phrase you want to use. But you're openly rooting for the most liberal ass-bag governor in America. <laughs> like, some of these Trump supporters, they're the first ones to complain that CNN and MSNBC, they just don't like conservatives. Well, there's a conservative on the stage tonight, but because it's not Donald Trump, people had a hard time with it. Well, and yeah, they didn't get what they wanted. DeSantis, like I said, wiped the debate stage with Newsom's uh, greasy hair. It's <laughs> like, I mean, from right out of the gate, dropped the hammer on Newsom and the job he's doing as a governor of California and comparing how bad California is to how good Florida is and how people are thriving in Florida compared to uh, California. It was, it was, it was really, I don't know. I'm still. Not quite sure what the point of all this was. I mean, Trump is up like by 50. Right. In, with Republicans. But if you're into politics, though, this was a good watch. Sure, sure. Like, I wouldn't mind sure. seeing more of these type of debates. Like, I want to see more of this crossfire style of debating. Like, I think for Newsom, this was, a, this was a, an audition, maybe, for his Democrat colleagues. See, here's what I can do. Here's my style. Here's what I can go in and uh, you know to, to the lion's den and face them down but he did not do do he did not do well at all against DeSantis and early on Ron DeSantis set the tone with this so I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed uh, safer better budget uh, lower taxes all this stuff and he was really happy with the quality of life and then he paused and he said you oh, know by the way 
I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California. That's so strong. That's hilarious. So Newsom's wife, her dad went up and shook. This is what I understand. And he wasn't joking. Newsom's wife's dad is like, yeah, Florida's much better than California. Unless, unless he was talking about uh, his ex-wife. Guilfoyle? Yeah, Guilfoyle, her dad. I don't know. Another, that, was, that was pretty funny, though. Another interesting little moment was when Gavin Newsom was talking about how California was really the freedom state. Because you've got the freedom to have an abortion. You've got the freedom to read these horrible books and rabble, rabble. Here's how Ron DeSantis responded to that one point tried to say that California was the freedom state. I just kind of laugh like you're locking people down. You're doing all this. Uh, but then I thought about it. You know, California does have freedoms uh, that some people don't. Uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. <laughs> you have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the, the freedom to uh, have an open air drug market and use drugs. You have a freedom if you're an illegal alien to get all these taxpayer benefits. So so those are freedoms they're not the freedoms our founding fathers envisioned, but they have contributed to the destruction of the quality of life in California, and the results speak for themselves. People are leaving the state because they have failed in addressing the homeless population. That was a solid response from Ron DeSantis. I'm sorry. You know what? It's funny. Like Hannity would show a graph, like like a government graph, you know, like um, whatever, like a, a you know, you know, people, more people going from California to Florida. Um, and then Newsom would look at the graph and say, no, that's not right. That's not true. <laughs> right. Like, can we completely dis- disavow the- this official government data and say, no, well, no, that's not right. He didn't like to be called out no. on his bullcrap last night because he's not used to that. He's used to having the media apparatus in his back pocket. That wasn't the case last night. Now, a couple different moments last night, Ron DeSantis brought props onto the stage. He brought out a copy of Gender Queer to show the audience some of the over-the-top things that were being shown to children in California classrooms. But the best part of the night, and Nigel, you texted me right away, and you beat me because I was going to text you. <laughs> Ron DeSantis brought out a map of where people were pooping in the streets in San Francisco. <laughs> this is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a a fact of life. And you heard Governor Newsom kind of laughing there at the beginning. This is so so funny. And meanwhile, he's literally DeSantis holding up a map from the app. It's to all brown. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's just a sea of brown of where people have reported human feces on the streets. And now, ladies and gentlemen, straight from Hammer and Nigel Records, a tribute to that map. Look at this map of poop. It tells you where you need to go to scoop up all the human fecal waste. DeSantis threw it in Newsom's face. Gavin Newsom thinks it's so funny. Sometimes the poop is solid, other times runny. San Francisco used to be so nice. Human feces is now a a fact of life. There you go. There it is. Cameron Nigel Records, the map of poop. 
Matt Bear, follow that. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. We've got royalty in the studio, and I could introduce everybody here, but it would not be anywhere near as good as what Sam Barclay can do. He is the like the hype man. He's basically the flavor flave of competitive eating. <laughs> and nobody introduces people better than this guy does. So Sam, the floor is yours. Hammer, I appreciate that introduction. Hammer, Nigel, citizens of Indianapolis Radio Waves and the world. I sit here on Circle Square, high atop, gazing out upon majesty. And to my left and right are the greatest eaters in the history of mankind in studio. Ranked number four in the world, all the way from Tampa, Florida, the great Nicholas Wary is here, yes, ladies sir. and gentlemen. Nick, what's up, Nick? Ranked number three in the world, nine-time Nathan's famous women's hot dog eating champion of the world, 348 slices of cheese in but eight minutes from heaven itself wow. <laughs> via Tampa, Florida. I give you the great Mickey Sudo. Oh, yeah! And the man who needs no introduction, but I will do one anyway. The number one ranked eater in the world, the man who holds 55 world records, including, but not limited to, 18 pounds, (laughs) 9.6 ounces of horseradish-laden sinus-clearing St. Elmo shrimp cocktail. Let's go! The great Joey Chestnut is here. That world record... That world record is on the line tomorrow in exactly 11 hours and 38 minutes at Tailgate Town on South and Senate. This is awesome. We have the first family of competitive eating here, Mickey and Nick, and then the world champion, all all champions in their own right. Mickey, grab that that microphone right there. You can can lift it it up. You can lift it up right there. Uh, first of all, welcome to Indianapolis, Mickey and Nick. I know you're a life, you're a Hoosier now, Jaws. Oh yeah, I love it here. Yeah, how long have you been here now? Oh, uh, three years in uh, February. Little, you know, I, I know you're from Southern California, so the, yeah, the winters you know, are a little. Winter, winters, uh, you know, it, it's good. It helps you appreciate summer. <laughs> so, are we doing this, Hammer? Are we actually? Are we doing the? A contest today? Well, I sent an email earlier today because I didn't want to catch anybody off guard because they're in town for the big St. Elmo shrimp eating contest tomorrow for the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, I didn't want to catch anybody off guard, so I sent our contact a message. Are we eating? And she wrote back, blank yes. (laughs) So I assume that there's going to be some awesome shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo uh, that's going to be consumed on this program here. Now, Take me through this contest. Like, what is the most shrimp cocktail you folks have eaten at one time? Nick, we'll start with you. Shrimp cocktail, like the most I did was a little over 11 pounds last year in eight <laughs> minutes. So n- nothing major. Not not quite. Uh, nothing major. Is that yeah. 11 pounds in eight minutes? <laughs> I, I'd be happy, I think, with like 15, 16 pounds this year. Mickey? 
Uh, I think my personal best is, it might be last year's number, 14 and a half pounds. Um, <sighs> but we're going to have really high numbers tomorrow, so that's not going to cut it. Okay. Now, Joey, you're used to winning this thing, but last year... Last year, something happened. What happened last year? Yeah, I uh, I, I crapped the bed. You were injured last year, too. Yeah, I was recovering from injuries, but uh, you know what? I I, I, I just... No good excuse. I, I just did not did not eat well. But uh, I'm hungry this time. I'm feeling a lot better. So and those who listen to this program know I am a sports gambler. I'm all in on this stuff. My bet is that somebody in this room is winning this St. Elmo championship tomorrow. It's not going to be Jeff Esper. Jeff, if you're listening right now, you're going down. You're going down <laughs> in flames. Somebody in this room is going to win this yeah, thing tomorrow, Nigel. Take Nige. James Webb with you. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, how many times have you competed against your husband, Nick? Oh, I mean, we don't really, we try not to keep score in the house. Oh, yeah. Not, okay, I'm not asking Come for on, a score. You, you know who has a winning record. No, I, I, <laughs> but how many times have you guys actively competed against one another? I mean, is it countless? You can't I would say a few, yeah, more than a few dozen we've competed against each other, so it's hard to say, but like, there's competitions on a daily basis of who gets the car faster. You know, like, <laughs> it's an incredibly competitive yeah, household. incredibly competitive. Um, you know, fortunately, we kind of go back and forth with this, and traditionally, we've competed twice a year, and she's kind of, like, beat the brakes off me. At this contest, so uh, well, what's your tomorrow. specialty? Um, foods that are kind of difficult to eat quickly, like a uh, wing championship, pistachio eating championship, hard boiled eggs. What's your hard boiled egg record? Uh, 50 hard boiled eggs in Ooh. about three minutes. Oh, may I interject there, please? Yes, Sam. Nick Wary is the short course hard boiled egg eating champion of the world. He ate 50 hard boiled eggs in exactly three minutes and four seconds, immediately after which he dropped to one knee and proposed. To his fiance, his wife, the beautiful Mickey Sudo. <laughs> is that what it happened? That's, that's exactly what happened. That is true. It's, it's, it's a, you know, the traditional romance story. But you know what? Sure. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Traditional romance story. I'm here for this kind of stuff. We and had a story said, about that this weekend. Yes. Right? That's, how could you not? Right. <laughs> like no other dude is going to give you that opportunity, right? Like that's awesome. Uh, now, Joey, you have been in indie for a while. By the way, and I say this every time you're here, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your backside. The Spicy mustard, chef's kiss, man. I love oh, that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank so you. good. Elmo's. Yes. Yeah. So let's do this thing. If we're going to do this, let's do this. We've got the St. Elmo shrimp cocktail here. Is this going to be uh, myself against Nigel, right? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to pee. You guys can do it. You can yeah. So uh, Nick and it, 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 Mickey it, it, and Joey, you guys can be the broadcast crew here. We've got a three-man well, Sam, crew. Sam, 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 you're also in the mix here. All right. So, on the count of three, we start this contest. Any any last minute suggestions, Joey? Eight, uh, just swallow it. Water, <laughs> <laughs> I got beer right here. I'm yeah. fine. I got a, I got some, some bourbon in the back that are may, may or may not be from St. Elmo as well. It's, it's so. intense, but it's only painful if you lose. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm right. I'm not going to win. All righty. So, on the count of three, one, two, three. Here we go. Eat Let's it. Go. Mm. There you go. We've got... One down over here. Don't move it to the cheeks. Just straight down. Clear. <laughs> you no, know, we're not chipmunks here. We're eating shrimp cocktail. Mm. It burns. It burns, <laughs> Nigel. Burns so good. Yeah, Hammer's definitely winning right now. Oh, oh he went back for extra sauce oh, there. Oh, more sauce on there. Yeah. Do it. He's I'm not gonna, even going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can go to St. Elmo to enjoy the shrimp cocktail. We're here to finish it. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, mm. I can't do it. 
I don't know if I'm sweating because it's hot or I'm Can't is a four-letter word. We have... It's a... Uh, we, we, I'm, not we, eat, I'm not even eating a tail either. We we have a winner by disqualification. Really? Exactly. We do. What am I do? What did I do wrong? You put a shrimp in the trash. No, 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 I put the tail. You don't eat the tail, do you? Oh, you eat the whole thing. What are you doing, a horrible? Yeah, <laughs> horrible Belichick over here cheating in the contest. I, I, ate the, I didn't. Eat, I don't eat the tail. I'm willing to be wrong, but I wish for the bin to be inspected. <laughs> Dude, if you want to come and we look at this thing, it has been changed in three days. Right. I'm taking the winner. I'm, I win this thing. I am the winner of this thing. Come on, Sam. Be honest. Sam, what do you think? Be honest. Give us a verdict here. The DQ stands. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Eric Denmark was eating in this competition. Oh, oh shot I'm fired, so baby. I'm ashamed of myself. No, I there really, is no- I, I always, every time, this is, we've done this multiple years in a row now, and I always come back so ashamed of myself. <laughs> you just got to know really when you're sick. Especially in front of the best in the world. You got I, beat by a guy who has to chew up a leaf. Let that sink in for a little bit. I know I'm a weirdo. I can't swallow aspirin or pills, but I can do everything else. And I just beat Nigel in a shrimp eating contest. Woo! It's hard. Come no, get some. Sorry. Just Speaking of coming to get some, where can somebody watch this awesome competition tomorrow? Ooh, 3 p.m. tomorrow at Big Ten uh, Tailgate Town. That's yes. correct. Oh, yes. It's going down. And uh, yeah, eight minutes of playtime. And St. Elmo, so awesome to sponsor this every year, providing the shrimp. It's so good. St. Elmo is the best in the business, man. I'm not saying it's not good. I love it, but I can't chug it. Does that make sense? I can't inhale it. It is is more enjoyable at a recreational pace. It really, when you have three of the best in the world just staring at you like you're a dumbass. Like That that just makes the, the pressure... Through the roof. Like, like, is this what it's like? I wonder if like LeBron James goes to a park to watch <laughs> fat guys play basketball. Like, you're just looking on with that disappointed look in your face. You know, just God, I can't even believe this is the same sport that I'm involved. It's going in. so slow. Yeah. I think it's weird watching it, and then I imagine like, is this what people see when we do this? Just faster. You're much, much better at it than we are. Right, That's and everybody here like saying. is buff and in shape. You know, we've got man boobs and back fat. These guys eat for a living, and every single one. Of them have been like the best shape of their lives here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Sam just looked at me and like shook his head. He rolled, he rolled his eyes. It's a I'm disappointed sorry. dad look, and I'm here for it. Really it really was. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Nick and Mickey and Joey, best of luck tomorrow. And again, San Elmo, make those reservations, gift cards for the holidays. Nobody does it better. Thank you so much. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Man, before we get to our next guest, can we just make a pact, an agreement, next year when we do the shrimp eating contest and we have joey chestnut in the best competitive eater world champion we have nick wary and mickey pseudo in uh the first family of competitive eating can we not do the thing where you and i competitive eat with the shrimp and they just watch us i'm so (laughs) i'm so humiliated right now i could barely get two shrimp down i'm so embarrassed and when you have you know joey chestnut the best in the world and you're trying to do what he does it's just, it's almost insulting to him. Right. <laughs> it's like if I, Mike Tyson were watching a street fight between yeah. Richard Marks and Clay Aiken. <laughs> 
That's really what it comes down to. Oh, well, congratulations. You beat me by disqualification. So. <laughs> Have fun at the uh, St. Elmo Shrimp Eating Contest for the Big Ten Championship tomorrow. Good luck to all of those, all of our guests. Let's go to the WIBC hotline and bring on Tommy Piggott. He's the RNC Strategic Communications Director. You can find some of his work on Twitter, at RNC Research. Tommy, last night, this DeSantis and Gavin Newsom debate, we mentioned earlier, like, I don't know how fired up I was ahead of time to watch it, but once I sat down and those guys started going back and forth, I was kind of hooked in, and now I'm kind of at the point where I kind of want to see more of these types of things. Well, look, I don't know what Newsom is thinking, to be perfectly honest. I, I know he has a very high opinion of himself, but <laughs> it, that's obvious to everyone that he does, and it's just so mismatched with reality. I mean, he, he kind of reminds me of a James Bond villain, to be perfectly frank. And so he goes out there, and he like he's acting like he has all these answers, and he doesn't because his state's a failure. People are leaving his state in droves. They're literally voting with their feet. So only someone that's completely out of touch or really has a completely uh, made-up impression of themselves would feel confident running on Newsom's record because it's a record of failure. I mean, it's just obvious to everybody. The one thing that I picked up on last night, and tell me if you saw this as well, Gavin Newsom is a dude that's used to having the media in his back pocket, right? Greasy Gavin. He's a good-looking guy. He's from California. He's very well-spoken. He's great in front of a camera. But a state's a hellhole, and very few people call him out on that. He's used to having his way. He got uncomfortable last night when Sean Hannity and then on the other side, Ron DeSantis, were calling him out using facts. Well, I think it's the using facts part that's important. The Democrats aren't used to facts in general. They're used to the liberal media framing these questions in a way that they never really have to address their failed records or the facts. I mean, honestly, Gavin Newsom is someone that locks down a state and then goes to the French Laundry as a... Uh, for for dinner, I mean, it's it's he's a hypocrite, and so he may think he's doing well because he's nice and comfortable. He may think that he's doing well because he and his friends are doing well, but the rest of the state is not doing well. The rest of the state is suffering under Democrat leadership. That's why we've seen Republicans winning California uh, really on unprecedented level, unprecedented levels in recent years. We've seen uh, more and more Republicans coming out to vote in California. A trend that we think is only going to continue uh, key house races that were won there. Uh, so it, it really is showing that Gavin Newsom has failed. And I think you're exactly right to say that he's not used to answering questions. He's not used to having to address the facts because the liberal media is not uh, interested in confronting Gavin Newsom on the facts and on his failures. Yeah, I don't think he was ready for that uh, map of the uh, fecal reporting. The, <laughs> the, that you know, DeSantis breaks out that map of San Francisco, and this is where all the the incidents of of human feces has been reported. And then the, the icing, the cherry on top of that Sunday is when he went after Newsom for cleaning up San Francisco for a Chinese dictator to come in town and lining the streets with Chinese flags. That made Newsom look horrible. And it's in line with what the Democrat position is. They put America last. You know, time and time again, it's all about putting America last. The Democratic Party, from Joe Biden all the way down, is a party that will roll out the red carpet for dictators while letting Americans suffer, that will refuse to secure the border while letting Americans suffer, that will will go to climate conferences. Uh, Right now, there's several Biden administration officials heading to a climate conference using private jets, uh, large Humvees, uh, eating steak dinners while telling the rest of us to stop eating meat 
uh, to stop to, to stop driving our cars and to try to regulate all of our appliances out of existence. I mean, that's the Democratic Party for you right there in a nutshell. Uh, they'll, they'll roll out the red carpet for cocktail hours yeah. with foreign dictators, but not you know clean up their streets to, to really help their citizens. Tommy Pickett is our guest. He's the RNC Strategic Communications Director joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. A uh, big week of hearings in Washington. I was fascinated with the... Uh, the Twitter files, journalists that came through. But it feels like all of this is just kind of a prelude to the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden investigation. Sounds like, and nothing is official yet, but it sounds like wheels are in motion for Hunter to appear before the Oversight Committee sometime around December 13th. Tommy, I'm curious as to your thoughts on what you would like to see happen here. Yeah, well, this is part of an ongoing effort. I mean, this is something that the chairs of the various committees, Jason Smith, James Comer, Jim Jordan, have been saying for a while that they're building this evidence, they're building this case, and then eventually they're going to bring in people that can speak to the evidence that they have. I mean, it's about gathering the facts and doing a really complete investigation. And that's really a huge difference between Democrats and Republicans. Democrats, you know, follow the, uh, the, the, the agenda they want to follow regardless of the facts. Republicans are the ones that are actually building a case on the facts. So I think what's going to happen there is Hunter's going to face a lot of questions about all of the evidence that's been collected by House Republicans in terms of bank wires, in terms of text messages, in terms of Joe Biden's involvement uh, or potential involvement in a lot of these influence peddling schemes, because the evidence is growing by the day. And Democrats are going out there and spreading conspiracy theories in defense of Joe Biden. You have Democrats that are still denying that the laptop is legitimate, which is ridiculous. You have Democrats going out there and saying that there is no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong, which is also Ridiculous. So I think Democrats are scrambling, and I expect this to be another step in gathering the facts for the American people. Do you think? Here's the thing with the Republicans. I was kind of fired up this week because Hunter said, "Yeah, let's go. No closed door meetings. I'll go testify." And Comer, the, the, the and, and Jordan, and the people on the oversight committee were like, "No, we want to. We got to do this. You know, we got to go closed door first, and then do a public hearing." I, my opinion, man, I was like, just put Hunter out there. This is what you wanted. He has agreed to go out there. I don't know if there's a process they have to follow. There's precedent. There's a, a legal format that you have to follow when you have these hearings. But I was like, forget about the closed door stuff. You got him right where you want him. Grill this guy. Was I? Am I wrong in that opinion? Well, I think kind of two things here is one, there is sort of a process that is put forward. And I think it's important that no one get any sort of different treatment. And that's what House Republicans are committed to. This is in flux, but I think that's the, the general guiding principles that Republicans want to follow is fairness, transparency, and making sure everyone is treated with uh, the, you know, the same, okay. everyone's treated the same in terms of the facts. And I think the second part of this is Democrats are committed to stonewalling this investigation at, in any way possible. And so I think part of why you would have a private or closed door uh, deposition first is to get those answers, get that fact, see what Hunter's going to say without Democrats interrupting you every five seconds for the cameras. Hmm. And I think that's going to be a big difference. And once you're armed with those facts, once you hear what Hunter has to say, then you can present those facts. You can question Hunter in public. And the Democrats' shenanigans are going to be exposed for that because you know already what Hunter is going to be saying to a lot of these questions. And ultimately, yes, Hunter coming in is going to be interesting, but it's not even about Hunter. This is about the big guy. This is about Joe Biden and all roads leading back to him. Last thing here, Tommy, before we let you go, uh, speaking of Joe Biden, he was kind of bragging this past week about inflation coming down and was kind of threatening businesses with a very sternly worded tweet, quote, 
Let me be clear to any corporation that hasn't brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down, it's time to stop price gouging. Give American consumers a break. Your thoughts? It shows he's completely economically illiterate because that's not how it works. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's how, it not how it works. No, it's, it's not how it works. I mean, inflation means prices are still rising. Prices are still rising, and they're rising at double the rate they were when Joe Biden took office. There's not deflation, which is what would need to happen, which is a price decrease around the economy, for that tweet to make any sort of sense. And what I think it really reveals, besides that tweet making absolutely no sense, is that we can't trust Joe Biden with our money. We can't trust Joe Biden with making economic policy because they are economically illiterate. They're going to spend us into oblivion, have no real policy, and are going to make bad faith arguments blaming everyone but themselves for the inflation they created. And so I think this tweet is so... Uh, emblematic of the larger problem that we have with Joe Biden, that they don't know what they're doing. Their only guiding light is take more from the American people, give it more to special interest groups. And that's got to come to an end. Thankfully, the House Republican majority is fighting that. But we got to elect a new president in 2024 to really put an end to it. Economic illiterate needs to be on a shirt somewhere. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, Tommy Pickett at RNC Research, Strategic Communications Director. Tommy, we'll talk again next Friday. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's Amber and Nigel show. Right now, we got gray skies, but it's not too bad. 47 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, what's the latest on our bowling event? Do we have any lanes left? So I spoke with uh, Trisha from our promotions department earlier today, and... As of this morning, one full lane is available. You can go ahead and fade that traffic music out, please. Uh, One full lane available, lane of six, and four individual tickets. So if you don't have a full team of six and you and a friend or maybe just you want to go, you can buy individual tickets, and they're $75 each. If you want to get a lane of six and it's your lane for three hours, all the shenanigans you can do, all you can bowl, uh, get your lane of six. There's one remaining, and you could buy it right now at the events page at WIBC.com. This is it. We were told you know, really? we can't exp- no more expand anymore. Because we've sold out like three times. Right. We were given a number, and we sold that out quickly, and then the promotions team said, well, I, maybe we can talk, you know, them into a few more. And we sold those out. And then they kind of got mad at us. Guys, stop saying we need more lanes. This is all we have. So last chance, if you want to do the Hammer and Nigel show Red, White, and Bowl, it's a charity event we're doing. We're raising money for veterans. It's presented by Jack Daniels. January 12th mm, up Daniels. at uh, Woodland Bowl on 96th Street, three hours of bowling, Pizza buffet, drinks, music. We're gonna have a good time. We've got an auction. We got door prizes. Get your tickets now. The events page of wibc.com. If you need a reason to drink tonight, Hammer, and there's rarely a night that you don't need. A drink. <laughs> uh, 34 years ago, 1989, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation released the best Christmas movie, in my opinion, that's out there. Yeah, you're not going to get much of an argument from me. I love watching Christmas Vacation. Like It's one of those movies where it's on so much at the holidays, but I never get tired of it. Never. There's always a different scene that, you know, you can quote or, you know, makes you laugh. And in honor of this special anniversary, 
34 years ago today, Christmas Vacation being released. Ladies and gentlemen, Clark W. Griswold. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey s*** he is. Hallelujah. Holy Man, I, Where's just, the Tylenol? I remember the first time seeing that when I was a kid and just being blown away. <laughs> like my mouth agape, my eyes wide open, and just that was awesome. It was so awesome. And it's officially December now, December 1st. The calendar has shifted full speed ahead to the holidays. To get you in the mood, here's the first lady of WIBC, Terry Stacy. What do you want for Christmas? Holiday Memories with Terry Stacy. My very favorite Christmas special is Charlie Brown's Christmas. My second favorite is Emmanuel in Bangkok. Holiday <laughs> Memories with Terry Stacy. <laughs> Top stories next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! On this vote, the yeas are 311, the nays are 114. With two recorded as present. Two-thirds voting in the affirmative. The resolution is adopted and a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. The clerk will notify the governor of the state of New York of the action of the House. Under Clause 5D of Rule 20, the chair announces to the House that in light of the expulsion of the gentleman from New York, Mr. Santos, the whole number of the House is now 434. Yeah. I think we kind of saw this one coming. The New York House Republican George Santos, kind of a weirdo, got elected under false pretenses, lying on his resume from what I, you know, it lied to the voters, got kicked out of the House of Representatives. More on that coming up here in just a few minutes, Hammer. But first, here we go. Another wild night in Indy. So an IMPD officer killed a man who was reportedly holding a woman hostage inside the cab of a semi last night. Now, this took place on the southwest side at the McDonald's near Knight's Way. So this is kind of by 465 on the southwest side. And according to the police, officers at the scene spoke with a person who called 911. And that person pointed out the semi-cab where this disturbance was taking place. They could hear a woman yelling out and screaming for help. Officers then knocked on the semi-door, and a man came out from behind, and then he kind of sat in the driver's seat for a moment, but then he retreated back really quickly to like this partition, and that's when they heard the woman screaming even more. So at this point, the officers surround this truck and announce for those in the cab to come out. Moments later... This is according to the assistant chief of police. Officers broke the window of the cab to better see and hear what was going on. Now, an IMPD lieutenant then opened the door, talked to a guy who reportedly told the officer he was holding a knife to a woman's throat and that he was going to kill her. 
So we got a little hostage situation going on here. The lieutenant entered the cab, saw the woman was bleeding, and video from the police officer's body cam shows the male suspect was like on top of her inside of this vehicle, and that's when the officer fired a shot, striking the man, and killed him. You know how you don't get shot and you don't die from a police action shooting? You don't take someone hostage. You don't... What was? Did you say there was a knife involved? Was yeah, a knife. He was straddling her, and she was bleeding already. Yeah. I, I would say your chances of surviving something like that increase exponentially if you obey the officer's orders. I'm glad there's a dead bad guy. You know me. I'm kind of a romantic. Whenever there's a dead oh, bad guy, that means that Ryan Mears doesn't get the chance to put him right back out on the streets. <laughs> um <laughs> So here is the assistant chief of police, Chris Bailey. We're going to play you some audio here in just a second. He's responding to some of the people who say, why are the police officers shooting so many people? Because last night's police shooting marks the 17th time that an IMPD officer has shot somebody this year. And at this point, nine of those people have died. This was the 13th officer involved shooting since August 1st. Anytime there's a loss of life in, the, in, in our community, which has happened way too many times uh, uh, over the last several years, uh, it's, it's frustrating for all of us. Uh, we never want to uh, put our officers in positions where they have to use deadly force, and we certainly don't want them to ever, uh, 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 and they certainly don't leave their houses hoping that that, that happens. I love how outlets like the Indy Star, why are there so many more police action shootings this year? Well, there's more bad guys not complying with officers' orders. More bad guys not in jail where they belong. And again, I don't know the rap sheet on this guy that was holding somebody hostage. I know nothing of the history. But you're right, Nigel. If you don't hold someone hostage, if you don't hold a gun to someone's throat, and if you don't threaten to kill that person and straddle them and not release them and cut them and make them bleed, maybe you're alive today. If you get pulled over and just comply with the officer's orders and all of a sudden you get out of the car and start being belligerent and then get back in the car and grab a gun, yeah, the chances of you getting shot and killed in a police action shooting, I would have to say, are close to 100%. And for the people who are upset that the IMPD has to shoot and kill bad guys, let me ask you this. What if that were your daughter last night being held at knife point by some lunatic? What if that were your wife? What if that were your mother being held at knife point by some lunatic? Would you want the police officer to save her life? I wouldn't have want them to have hesitated. And that's the problem sometimes with you know putting officers lives in danger is because well should i pull the trigger i mean i know i'm gonna you know i know they're trying to kill me i know they're trying to kill somebody else but am i going to get charged with something here i better think real fast and hard before i pull the trigger and, and whatever these and that, things that, happen and that, and that puts their lives in danger and that puts lives of the victims in danger as well and it's a tough situation. Yeah. I mean, the officers don't want to do this. No. You heard Chris Bailey. No officer wakes up in the morning. Boy, I hope I get to go to a truck stop and kill somebody. That's not what they're hoping for. Honestly, they're hoping for a peaceful night where they don't have to do anything. And in a situation like this, killing this lunatic was absolutely justified. So George Santos has been expelled from Congress. The vote was 311 
to 114 to 2. Now, the official reason was the misuse of campaign funds for his own personal use, but there's a lot of stuff going on with Santos. Yeah, I mean, he got elected. I mean, I think he lied to the people that voted for him about his resume and his background, and it only came to light after he was elected. But, okay, that's fine. You know, the Republicans are turning on one of their own, but he was really just, I, th- I think he kind of deserved it anyway. But what happened to... You know, Democrats. Like, what happened to going after the Democrats? Thank you. You You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Because this Santos guy was a total zero. There's no doubt. But 105 Republicans voted yes. If he were a Democrat, would 105 Democrats vote to get rid of him? Oh, please. Absolutely not. And this is why the Republicans keep losing. They already have a very slim majority in the House. And now it's even slimmer because Santos would always vote for conservative things. His record showed that. Now, whether he was doing it for whatever reason, I don't know. But his record is what it is. The Democrats have never even thought about kicking out Eric Swalwell for sleeping with a Chinese spy. Yeah, being compromised by Fang Fang. They never thought about kicking out Jamal Bowman for being on tape, pulling a fire alarm to delay a vote in the people's house. Never in a million years would they vote to kick these people out. And again, I'm not saying that Santos was perfect, because he's not. He was kind of squirrely, kind of eh. But this is the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. The Republicans would rather lose and not be called names, as opposed to standing up and saying, look, we'll get rid of Santos if Eric Swalwell resigns. Eric Swalwell was a much bigger threat to democracy, to use the term that you guys love so much, than anything that George Santos has done. So when Fartwell walks out the door, we'll send (laughs) Santos out the door as well. And the Republicans can't even impeach Mayorkas. Alejandro Mayorkas is the most incompetent person in the Biden administration, and that includes Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The Republicans can't impeach him, but 105 of these people jumped on board because they wanted to be liked by the Democrats to kick out George Santos. Wow. Matt Bear standing by in the WIBC Traffic Center. Matt, what's going on? Amber and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Amber, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run a few different stories by you. You break down all the information. That's been presented and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? What happens when Florida man meets Black Friday? Uh oh. A guy was convinced somebody stole his parking spot at a mall. So he got out of his car and threatened the driver and her passenger. Here he is yelling, banging on their windows, kicking their door. Wow. The passenger in the car is the one filming this and calling the police. I want to park. I was over here. Ooh, scary. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
I'm at the Chandler Mall um, on the Dillard's parking lot. Um, we just parked in a spot and um, some man is outside of the car yelling and smacking on the window. We just feel really unsafe together. He just kicked her door and he's trying to kick it in. Should I, I don't know if you can hear it, but um, I, yeah. Yes, we're in the Dillard's parking lot. There's another lady on the phone. Um, he's literally kicking her door in and uh, smacking the window. We just feel very unsafe to get out of the car. There's a crowd of people. He's um, white. He has like a New York accent. Pretty tough when it's a carload of girls, right? I can think of a couple of personal friends of ours, friends we've had on the show. Like one guy in particular that <laughs> he's bald and brings us whiskey sometimes. Yeah. If yep. you know what I'm talking about? I think Very I do. in shape, fit gentleman. Yes. Low tolerance for crap. <laughs> Yeah. If, if this guy would have tried to pull that on our buddy, there would probably charges filed on the other end. I hope they arrested this guy. I don't know what the background is. I hope they took this guy to jail. But there are some people that, as you put it, have a low tolerance for crap and will get out of their car. This a-hole knew he was picking on chicks. Right. And it's. I, I would have loved to have seen what happened if he pulled that on somebody bigger than him maybe a male right uh, some you know what that kind of thing gets you killed these days sorry to say i don't like it but that kind of thing right there somebody has a gun in their car and they feel threatened who knows what do you think happens if this guy tries to kick in the car door of guy relford when he parks at the mall bad idea it's <laughs> bad 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 idea now a guy is not going to be not, a guy will sit there and tell you he's not going to use or even touch his weapon unless he feels absolutely necessary but what right. i'm saying is there are people out there that don't have a fuse and it's zero to 100 and if they think they are you know they, they perceive something as as uh, dangerous um, a trigger's getting pulled and that's the day and age we live in Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. This is kind of the textbook example of that, right? You can get away with this with a group of females, but let's just say that, oh, I don't know, the cast of the Expendables gets out, you know, and <laughs> it's going to be a completely different story. Is this anything? Police in Australia are searching for a thief who stole a van loaded with 10,000 Krispy Kreme donuts. Wow. Here is a Krispy Kreme employee talking about the types of donuts that were stolen. The van was containing original glaze and also our new Christmas range. So it felt a bit like the Grinch was wanted to steal Christmas from us. Uh, hey, oh, the Grinch stole Christmas from the Krispy Kreme guy. Here's what I want to know. Did the criminal steal the Krispy Kreme van because he was hungry and wanted some donuts? Did he steal the van because he thought maybe he could sell the Krispy Kreme donuts on the black market? Okay. Or did he just need the vehicle? I'm thinking it's probably the <laughs> last one, but the black market Krispy Kreme thing, <laughs> that has me intrigued. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You're not going to buy. I, maybe I should rethink of who I'm talking to. Would you ever buy Krispy Kreme donuts at a discounted rate out of the back of someone's car? 
no. your trunk? No, no. no. Because not... Matt Bear's tried that with me. <laughs> like, I pulled up in the parking lot here at the MS building, and, you know, Matt Bear's got his trunk open, you know, hey, Krispy Kreme Donuts here. He's like the guys in the street of coming to America that yeah. stole all of Akeem's luggage. That's what Matt Bear's like when you try to park here in the building. I love it. Is this anything? A Chinese man was barely able to get off of his smart toilet before it burst into flames. Oh, no. The cause of the incident has not been revealed, but the owner believes the smart toilet had a short circuit. Here's what we think it may have sounded like. (laughs) Is that anything? Yeah, that's something. I mean, uh, that's dangerous. My dad has one of those smart toilets. I thought you were going to say your dad exploded (laughs) on a toilet once. He's blowing up a few toilets, don't get me wrong. (laughs) And like, you know, and like father, like son. Right, But he's got one of those, like, toilets that he paid a few thousand dollars for, and it... It's got a fan. It it sucks. Does it got like a little bidet <laughs> thing that squirts the water it's got in your everything. butthole? Yeah, yeah. It's got everything. It recognize. I think it recognizes your butthole. Really? I think it's got a sensor because you sit down on that thing and it it it, it adjusts to your settings. Whether you're like the fan, whether you're like the the sucking of the air or the blowing of the air. Is or- your butthole like your fingerprint? Is everyone different? <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking. I, I, that's a good. You'd have to ask. The people that that uh, had to swab, uh, remember when they were swabbing for COVID in oh, China? Yeah, the old anal swab and COVID, the old Moon River treatment. They, they they may know a little bit more about that, but those these I'm looking at like he didn't buy his cost like a couple grand, but there are like smart toilets that cost ten thousand dollars. I'm just looking here on on the internet. I mean, and these things, I've sat on it before. It's awesome. It's, it's seat warmer. Right. You, it does have the bidet function. It cleans. You make sure it feel all nice and clean back there. Um, and then dries you off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, get- I, don't, I mean, it's like you don't even have to wipe. So, like, <laughs> so many of the apps on my phone, it's facial recognition. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, if I want to get onto my sports betting app, I don't have to type in a password anymore. It's facial recognition. Yeah. In order to take a dump on one of these smart toilets, <laughs> does it have to recognize your anus? Does it have to be yours? What if a friend is going number two in well, your house? if you want it to adjust to your specific settings, then yes. You, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, recognition software for your backside. Can you have, like, wacky settings if somebody else sits down on it? Like, you know, if I were to have Rob Kendall come over to our house and he sits down one of these toilets, could I have, like, a crowbar go up in there? Like, and- you could have the bidet set at 10. <laughs> right. Like, like a fire like, hose like a going fire up Like a fire hose after you're done. Right. But this thing, like, lifts up and helps you get up and, and, and you don't have to bend down all the way and then it comes down. It's pretty impressive. Man. I don't think we've ever talked about toilets this long a segment. That's why we're number one. We give the people what they want. Talking about number two. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Yeah, my name is Nigel. Hammer's here. 
Matt Bear, the traffic beast, joining us live in studio. Uh, lots of traffic tomorrow, right, for that Big Ten uh, football championship. Yeah, it's going to be bedlam. I, I've been down here before when that's been going on. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it's, it, it's crazy. It's like the, it's like any major big event we have downtown. There's going to be people walking everywhere, and in this case, they, they might be intoxicated. So we, <laughs> we have to be extra careful. Uh, These Iowa fans, <laughs> like, we know that Ohio State's probably going to have more fans here because the Buckeyes travel. I'm sorry, Michigan. Michigan. Boy, Michigan fans hate that. Uh, Michigan fans probably going to be have bigger numbers. They travel well. But Iowa fans will drink them under the table. Like, I remember a couple years ago yeah. when Iowa made it to the Big Ten Championship football game, they drank the bars out of booze. Like, these Iowa fans, like, I think they know there's a chance their doors may be blown completely off. So they're going to come here and have a good time watching their team. You want to be good and drunk when the <laughs> fourth quarter ends. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good idea on their part, yeah. So it's it's going to be a big thing. And, and of course, we have the uh, don't turn right on red. So we, there, there are lots to watch out for when you're going around downtown. Oh, come on. Are police even actually pulling people over for that? I'd say no. <laughs> Judging by why. They're 300. Yeah. 150 officers short on the IMPD of what they're supposed to be. I have a hard time believing of all the chaos happening in the city, one officer is going to be taking his time pulling somebody over who turned when he wasn't supposed to. I'm not sure if the signs are even helping right now because I I kid you not, I was coming up on Illinois and the two cars in front of me turning right on New York last night both (laughs) didn't even mind the ride on red. They just went. I'm like, okay. I kind of felt stupid just sitting there and you know, you get the horn from the guy behind you and it's like, should I go? Should I actually go? Isn't that the worse when you feel stupid like if you're working late or you're out late one night maybe it's you know one in the morning you're at an intersection that for whatever reason they don't have the flashing lights and you're just sitting there at a red light with nothing around you and you feel like an idiot how long do you sit there right how long do you actually sit there before you go and um that's the other thing is when you do get honked at because you are obeying the traffic yeah rules. i do that's like when i'm when i'm leaving period. work on illinois and i'm hopping on 65 northbound there is you know you turn left off of illinois but there's a bike lane to your left right so so the bike lane is green my turn arrow is red but the other lights of people going straight are green right you know what do you you know what i'm talking about i know so i've been honked at before because i'm not turning left when the other lanes are green but the bike lane is green if i turn left i have the chance of hitting a a biker or scooter yeah and like dude Quit honking it. <laughs> it's like, I just want to make my ramp and go north. That's all I want to do. Uh, there are a lot of lights coming at you at that intersection. And that's that's kind of the way that thing is right now. I, I know you just got to wait for the arrow. That's the problem. Let people honk. They can't do anything to you. You know, just let them honk. People like me are ones honking, yeah, too. It's, it's me, like, yeah. like right. Nigel's standing there, and I'm the one laying on the horn. <laughs> do you guys have a cool horn? Because my horn's like the ee, you know, it's the really soft. You're almost embarrassed a, to honk yeah, it. Yeah, it, and, and I use it all the time. <laughs> like, you feel like you're, you're Billy Badass, you're mad enough to honk. Oh, yeah. Look at this guy. Oh, I'm going to lay on my horn. I'm just <laughs> human. <laughs> Steam coming out of my ears. I'm just abso- apoplectic at the moment. It's, Hey, um, next Friday, it's the WIBC Radiothon, where we raise a little money for the Salvation Army. A lot of money. Yeah, we raise a lot of money. And after our show, 
You get the keys to the Radiothon, right, Matt? Yeah, it's going to be our, our new morning hang- anchor, Ryan Hedrick, and I. And, I, and I'm really looking oh, cool. forward. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. I don't know how this happened. I, I, I think I have an idea, but we get to go out there and raise money for Salvation Army. And uh, we're both he, – he, he doesn't mind if I say this. He's in recovery as well. And, and like oh, recovery so as an addict and alcoholism. I'm an alcoholic, and he's an addict. And uh, we are both in recovery. So for us to go out there and, and raise money for, for people like us that might be struggling a little bit i, I know need the it's, salvation it's, yeah. army yeah and salvation army you know they they help so many people not in 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 just the fact we could maybe get a couple of dimes to alcoholics and academics like like the guys that go to harbor light over on tibbs avenue um it's it, it, when you're there you get recovered and you go through the whole thing the detox and, and the inpatient program it that really is salvation a, army as yeah. well right yeah, so I, yeah. can i say something about ryan he seems like genuinely the nicest guy the morning news anchor and he loves his job. He loves being here in Indy, and he seems uh, genuinely excited to be in this building. I really like Ryan. And for those reasons, I, I knew him and I were really going to get along because I, I absolutely love Indianapolis. I, I wasn't born here, but I say I was born here. Um, you know, sure. and, and that's right. that, that's kind of my thing. And, and he has embraced this city, and he absolutely loves working at WIBC and doing the news. I mean, he's a everything about being around him is a good thing. He makes you feel good. He makes you want to work hard. He's the kind of guy you want in the room. How definitely. Did you, how did you two like discover you were both? You both had something in common. You, were you like just one day? Oh wait, you're an addict. Hey, I'm an addict. <laughs> oh my god! You guys high five at that point. <laughs> Boy, I was thinking about having some gin this morning. Um, hey, hey, no, no. You, yeah, no, it was um, our boss David Wood text me, and he's like, "I think you and our new anchor might have something in common." And immediately, I know what it is. So we went to coffee, and, and we sat down. We were only talking about five to ten. But it's a, it all of a sudden we we, we get this uh, idea like um, why don't we start talking about this stuff for real and uh, that's that, that's kind of what we came up with to start doing a uh, podcast. You're kidding? Yeah, no, a recovery podcast in which we are going to talk to the people behind the people, the people behind the addict and the alcohol. That is an amazing idea. Thank wow, you. yeah, Thank I'm you. all about uh, that. And uh, Ryan is just a recovery master. He's a recovery assassin. So good with the twelve steps, and I, I I've got the heart to do it, and I want to tell the stories. And but but the important thing about the podcast is is we can tell stories all day, and we probably will. But we want to help people get started and we want people who aren't the addicts and alcoholics to have hope and to know what to do with their loved ones and how they can cope and like an Al-Anon they, type of thing right Al-Anon, yes Al-Anon is is kind of a, a 12 step uh, I, I don't want to use the word offshoot but that's the word I'm going to use it, it's for the moms the dads the wives Brothers, the husbands sisters, yeah. the people that are trying to support yep. these people uh, the people that are making them miserable <laughs> that's and, so important yeah. that you bring that up because we always focus on the person that's going through the hell but the support system even though they're not the ones fighting the addiction they're also oh, yeah. going through hell um that, that that's the thing it in as you sober up and i i've been two and a half years drink free uh, coming up in december uh late december but as you go through there there's still that sense of shame because you know it, first off when you're in addiction you hate the people that love you the most you really do. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely. Because they're the ones that are telling you to stop. And oh, yeah. in my case, the vodka was saying, no, that's your enemy because you need me. And and you continue with that. Um, 
the best reward I can offer the people behind the people is hey, that's just what I'm saying here. The, the people supporting us is is to make that living amends and stay sober. And it, it, it comes to the point where, where Ryan and I were talking about this. What do you do? I mean, him and I know what to do. We, we, we go to detox, you know, when we're in trouble. What do our parents do? And Ryan, we sit down last weekend and. and we, we we tape and and I asked his permission. To, You're to taping an episode. Like, yeah, we're we're taping an episode and, and we get his mom on the phone and oh. Ryan's sitting down and yeah, chatting with his mom and I don't want to say exactly what she said, but I, I was shocked. Um, I know he was. Uh, he, he was emotional after. And, I and, couldn't imagine. Yeah, and and we both kind of agreed. Um, if we're going to do the real work, this is what we have to talk about. It's got to be real. Yeah, the tough it's got to be real. And, and God, and, and she's probably listening right now. I got to put my mom on at some point, and I don't want to. I really don't. Well, do it when you feel it's yeah. right. Yeah, don't yeah, force absolutely. it. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, don't know? do it just for the show. No, do it when I, it feels oh, absolutely right. Absolutely not. But I, I have to put my mom on because there are still some things that, that I, 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 I'm always going to feel like I owe that woman something. And she would never ask that of me. She 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 loves me to death. But how tough was it for yeah. you dealing with your family when you were at your worst? Or how tough was it for them? <laughs> yeah, I think that would be the appropriate question. And no offense, Amber. Um, but but no humility. Uh, I. I I, I, I think it was incredibly hard. They didn't make it tough on me. They made it as easy on me as possible. They really did. They 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 paid for my last rehab. In fact, um, it was it was cash even, and I, I won't give the number, but it it, it was the more than ten dollars. It's yeah. more than a Quest bar. But you mentioned earlier yeah. that like you know take vodka for example, because you brought that example up. You know, vodka's telling you I'm your friend, your family's your enemy. Did you ever have that feeling that your family was your enemy? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Yeah, on the regular too, um, because it, they wanted to take it away from me. Um, and you believe that? I, I mean, think about it, your whole life, and, and you discover this as you go through your twenties, thirties, and finally your forties, when you say, "Yeah, I'm totally screwed here." Um, it, you go through your whole life with this this substance, and you don't know how to do anything without it. Um, have fun. Um, engage in sexual intercourse or whatever. You can't do it without it. You have to have it for everything. It eventually became work with me. Um, I, I couldn't work without it. And um, I, I've had these discussions wow. with our boss, David Wood. You've been drunk on the air before? I've been drunk on the air several times, lots wow. of times. And there's there's a lot of tape out there about it. And he's actually going to send me that tape. And, Are um, you gonna pl- I haven't Wait, listened you're going to put that out there? Yeah, I haven't listened to it since I've been drunk uh, because I deleted it. I think I, I know it. of a couple. Yeah, you probably do because you guys were on the air. Yeah. You guys are totally uh, on the air. It was... Yeah, I'm not trying to make light of it, but no. now I a hole lost his load, yeah, or something like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> I think he actually said the word at the, the, the actually. If right, I, I you didn't say a okay, hole. I want that on the record because our executive producer Matt Hiblin says I actually used the word and I testified oh, okay. to this day. I, oh, not you didn't. Matters. Come on, I say I didn't use the actual word. Not that. So you 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 don't mind having that audio out there on a podcast forum? I totally mind. Um, I, but I think wow. it, I really think it would help somebody as in the, That's the, the people behind the That's people. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it bothers the hell out of me. I don't want anybody to hear it. I especially, I don't want to listen to it. Um ever and uh dude but that I takes think, a major wave well, yeah, i don't man. know what it is or maybe it's just shame guys i don't want to say it's balls or anything but you know i i look back and if, if somebody could hear that and see that i am happy now 
Yeah, I mean, see my bottom and hear my bottom out, and and then be able to see that. Yeah, I. I a do lot care. of people want to see your bottom. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a very chiseled, tight. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. it's, you've, it's, you've 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 transformed yourself. Uh, in ways I don't think I could ever imagine doing for um, me. Like, God like it's has an inspiration. Me. God has blessed me, really. And um, you really are like yeah. the Marky Mark of like radio. Because remember, Mark Wahlberg, when he was Marky Mark, was the skinny kid wearing his hat, cockeyed, singing, "Come on, come on, feel it, feel it." <laughs> now you look at Mark Wahlberg. He's ripped. He's cut. He's a badass. He's an all-American. That's the trajectory of Matt Bear. It's the same thing. <laughs> you do protein or creatine stuff like that. Uh, I do. It? I do do creatine and I do do protein. Creatine, yes. by the way, is 100% safe and over the counter. You just yeah. have to follow the directions. There used to be myths when we were kids. It was like steroids. It's not true. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's over the that. counter. You buy it anywhere. You know. But um, well, when can we hear yeah, this we podcast? It, it's uh, we're hoping to launch it in January. Are you um, doing it through WIBC? Yeah, okay. we we have the best support. We have um, Matt Hiblin, uh, my dear friend, who used to be my boss. I still treat him like my boss, David Wood. I David Wood could fire me tomorrow, and I'd still say he's an amazing individual, and I love him to death. Yeah. Um, he hired us, and um, and we. <laughs> We'll probably be fired tomorrow. <laughs> and, and we could all be fired tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, it's supposed to come out in uh, January, and uh, it's it's. I'm really looking forward to doing it. I'm nervous as hell, as you can probably tell about it. Um, I've never hosted in anything in my life, but but Ryan is outstanding, and the people we have around us, just like in recovery, it's always the people around you. It's never you. It's the people that make you better. Well, I'll tell you what, Matt. There's a lot of our listeners yeah. that appreciate the hell out of what you're doing a lot of people you don't know are rooting for you, that have your back, they're going to support you, and thank you for doing what you're doing, man. Guys, I appreciate that, and I know we're probably a little long oh, here, yeah. but I just want sure. to say the holidays are coming up, and uh, you know, just really, uh, the substance abuse mental health hotline is 800 800- Six six two four three five seven. I'll throw this out on Twitter here in just a second. I should have done it before. But it's Say it again. 800-662-4357. And again, it's it's because of you guys and everybody on this floor that, that I was able to get better. And everybody, especially everybody in the recovery community, Scott wants and wanted and God. So I, I didn't do it, but thank you. Love you, brother. You're the best. Thanks, Matt. Love you guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. So Biden Madness will return on Monday. The final four will return on Monday Yesterday's matchup was between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Kamala Harris's passage of time speech against Joe Biden's happy birthday, Velvet. Happy birthday, Velvet won that matchup. Did it run away? Biden won all the first round matchups. So the final four of Biden madness will be on Monday. Okay. The same day the Pacers host their in-season tournament game at the Fieldhouse. Okay, love it. Now, for those who want betting picks, now we normally do betting picks at this time. We went a little long with Matt, but that was such a good interview. Go to WIBC.com or Facebook and Twitter. I've got my betting picks, Scott Long's betting picks, and pro handicapper, local guy, David Stefanoff of followneverfade.com. That dude's been rolling in college basketball, by the way, for his VIP subscribers, which I may or may not be one of them. Uh, Dude's been making a killing. But I've got picks on the Big Ten game. I've got picks 
for action tonight on some of the games. Check it all out. It's free. Again, I'm not a pro, but my record, Dag Nabbit, is better than a lot of these people on television. And you, you've gotten paid to make picks before. You're on Wish TV yeah. for several years. You're, I mean, you can say you're a pro. I know we're up against the uh, hard out here, but you can, you're... You know. I'm better than Stanford Steve. I'm better than the bear. <laughs> My record speaks for itself. Okay. And I'm transparent. I put it all out there. When I win, I'll let you know. When I lose, I'll let you know. Free picks on our Facebook and Twitter. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida. And he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he was really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, and oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's <laughs> in-laws as some of the people that have fled California. <laughs> One of the many laugh-out-loud moments of that DeSantis-Newsom debate last night. I'm Nigel. That's Hammer. And I actually had fun watching that thing. Ported drink. Kids were in bed. And you and I were uh, texting back and forth. Uh, I was kind of... You were my stream of consciousness uh, <laughs> outlet last night. And I, was, I was just typing things randomly to you. Pretty, much, pretty soon, you just stopped answering me. Well, but the misspellings I, became a problem. <laughs> I could tell when the booze was really kicking in. But I thought DeSantis won that debate handily. I don't think he's going to be the GOP presidential nominee. I don't think Newsom definitely is not going to be the Democrat nominee now, uh, even though he's not officially running. I know he wants to be. We know uh, Democrats want Biden to leave. But um, I thought Newsom's performance was poor. DeSantis wiped uh, the floor with his butt. Gavin Newsom went on the record, like went out of the way to go on the record supporting Joe Biden, talking about how he's not lost any cognitive ability. Bidenomics is great. Like, I thought DeSantis and even... Sean Hannity, who's the moderator, did a pretty good job well, of getting him on the record. It's so funny. I haven't heard, if you'll notice, Joe Biden hasn't used the word Bidenomics. He's stopped using Bidenomics for at least the past month. I've never heard him use it. And to align yourself with that, to align yourself with how unpopular Joe Biden is and say, no, I'm all for him. He's fine. It was a complete disaster. So if you missed it last night, Gavin Newsom would not name a single restriction on abortion he would support. And he was specifically asked by Sean Hannity, then later pressed by Ron DeSantis, you know, about months seven, eight, and nine of a pregnancy. Would you support a ban on abortion in seven, eighth, or ninth month for, if, the, if the mother's life is it not is in jeopardy? Extreme- extreme exception people aren't going on and having abortion should it be illegal unless then? something if devastating has happened should it be it illegal should be up to the mother and her doctor and her conscience and it so almost the answer is always, no restriction i've already answered it and i'll, no I'll just reinforce it
the position that we have from the modern left, including in California, is that they will take your tax dollars and they will fund abortion all the way to the moment of birth. He's wrong when he says the, the later terms are all because of this. 88% past 15 weeks are, in fact, elective uh, from, from the Florida data. He doesn't keep data there. But that is really extreme to take your tax dollars uh, and to do this all the way up uh, to the moment of birth. He didn't answer your question about any type of protections at all uh, for a baby that has a beating heart, that can feel pain, that is viable. Right. Yeah, the specific question was, if the mother's life is not <clears throat> excuse me, in danger, right. are you for 7th, 8th, ninth month uh, abortions? And Gavin Newsom couldn't say no. And that's the one part of it's this crazy. abortion debate where the Republicans, I think, have a puncher's chance of winning over some voters. For the most part, the abortion situation has been a losing situation right. for the Republican Party. But when you start talking about up until the moment of birth, even for folks who are pro-abortion, I think that's a little too far extreme for a lot of people. Now, we could talk about abortion. Yeah. We can talk about why people are fleeing. But the real highlight last night came when Ron DeSantis who brought props, brought out a computer printout of a California poop map. This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? You're Gavin Newsom laughing in the background, by the way. I think it's funny. Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered, because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life. He brought out a poop map. Notch. And it was all brown. It was filled with... With Brown, the poop map, and you hear at the beginning too. You hear Gavin Newsom just kind of laughing it off. This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plot. <laughs> he thought on. it was funny. It's not funny. And as a matter of fact, Hammer and Nigel Records has a quick tribute to the poop map. Look at this map of poop. <laughs> it tells you where you need to go to school. <laughs> Up all the human fecal waste. DeSantis threw it in Newsom's face. Oh, no. Gavin Newsom thinks it's so funny. Sometimes the poop is solid, other times runny. San Francisco used to be so nice. Human feces is now a, a fact of life. There you go. Well done. Well done from Hammer and Nigel Records. Sometimes it's uh, solid, sometimes it's runny. Uh, so DeSantis was kind of like Carrot Top last night. He had a big, you know, trunk full of props he was bringing out. So he had a map of poop. Yep. And he also had a copy of a, quote, banned book which was really just a moved book from schools to adult libraries. It was a copy of Gender Queer, and he brought this out and showed it to the cameras. And what we've said in Florida is it's inappropriate to tell a kindergartner uh, that their gender is a choice. It's inappropriate to tell a second grader that they may have been born in the wrong body. Now, California has that. Uh, they want to have that injected into the elementary school. My mm -hmm. wife and I have a 7, 5, and a 3-year-old. Uh, we don't think that that's appropriate. And I know most parents do not 
uh, think it's appropriate. Uh, it's also important to respect parental rights to know what curriculum is being used in the classroom, and everything should be age appropriate. I actually have something that I brought there that some parents helps. have objected to. So this is a book that's in some of the schools in California. Florida, this is not consistent with our standards, called Gender Queer. I, it's, some of it's blacked out. You would not probably be able to put this on air. This is pornography. It's cartoons. It's aimed at children, uh, and it's wrong. So this should not be in schools uh, when people like on the left say that somehow you're banning books by removing this from a young kid's classroom. No, this is not age appropriate. That's yeah, awful. I mean, I, he had to block some of it out on the prop, but I've seen the real pictures of what he's talking about. There's no way my kids would ever be allowed to look at something like that. And that's in elementary in, in high schools. Senator in- Kennedy of Louisiana read some of that in a right. Senate hearing. And people were taken aback by it. So listen to this. So if you watched the debate last night, you saw at the end where it sounded like both parties, DeSantis and Gavin Newsom, agreed to stick around for one more segment. Yeah, I remember that. But then Hannity came back and said, well, we're not having another segment (laughs) and killed the rest of the time. According to Politico, which is a very left-leaning publication, a Ron DeSantis aide said that the first lady of California, Jennifer Seibel Newsom, Gavin's wife, was the one who stepped in at that commercial break and ended the debate on her husband's behalf because they thought it was inappropriate. They allowed Ron DeSantis to bring these props. So basically, his wife said, I'm throwing in the towel. <laughs> well, it's your wife's dad that said Florida was 100 times better than California. Andrew right? Romero, who is a uh, spokesperson for Ron DeSantis, put out this statement, quote, Gavin Newsom got beat so badly last night, his wife literally had to throw in the towel for him. It was embarrassing. All right. Matt Bear standing by. He has a look at the roads. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Okay! Hammer, a 10-year-old boy in the UK thinks Apple's nerd emoji on your iPhone is insulting. So he's launched a petition to have it tweaked. You know what the nerd emoji is, right? The, the guy smiling with the buck teeth and the thick glasses. Right. right? So he, he wants the buck teeth replaced with a smile and it, for it to be named genius emoji instead of the aptly named nerd emoji. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not. And listen, Francis, I'm sorry, but life is tough. Sometimes you don't always get what you want. I mean, this is what the political left has taught this country. If you are offended by something, then it has to go away for everybody else. Like, nobody is being bothered by the nerd emoji. I'm sorry. Well, this 10-year-old boy in the UK is. Have you seen his petition? (laughs) There's not many people that have signed it. There's a lot of people in the world, Nige, and only 300-plus people (laughs) have signed this geek's little petition here. Like, I'm sorry. Come on. I don't like the fact that the St. Louis Cardinals exist. I don't like the fact that Bill Belichick (laughs) still has a job after being caught cheating multiple times. I don't like the fact that Joe Biden's president. 
it. Exactly. But you don't always get what you want. Sometimes the masses speak louder than one voice. So if you don't like the nerd emoji, don't use the nerd emoji. <laughs> but no, this is a big nothing burger. Life is tough. Buck up. I know enough from texting with you and Rob and being on various threads that we are emoji guys. We're not afraid. The, the one I use the most is the laugh emoji or the crying laughing emoji. I never even used a nerd emoji. See, I think you guys are more emoji people than I am. I'm a big GIF guy. I love uh, using yeah, yeah. a GIF I do too. as I do a too. response. My go-to GIF for most things <laughs> is, I know what it is from the movie Office Space, Michael Bolton making that just disgusted look on his face. More often than not, <laughs> yeah. that's my go-to emoji, it's my the, gift. Yeah, when the chick walks by and says, sounds like a case of the Mondays, but it's in slow motion, right? Is that the scene? And he sits down and just kind of blinks at the camera. Or is that where she was like, are you related to that singer, uh, Michael yeah, yeah, Bolton? Yeah, yeah, one of those scenes. <laughs> and he just has that face. Yeah, I never used the nerd emoji, though. Uh, okay. Crafts. Kraft Mac and Cheese, right? Blue Box? Oh, yeah. We all know. Is introducing Mac and Not Cheese, featuring a dairy-free alternative to its usual powdered cheese. And yes, that powdered cheese has dairy in it. Uh, it's, it's a vegan cheese sauce. It's made with fava beans and coconut oil. Are you okay with this? No. Everything I just said, <laughs> literally everything I just said about the nerd that wants to get rid of the nerd emoji, you can apply to the vegan community right here. <laughs> so you don't get to complain and whine to craft that there's not a vegan option. You know what? Maybe you shouldn't get the awesome deliciousness of mac and cheese if you've got a problem with dairy. That's a decision that you made. Like, you don't see people going to restaurants going, yeah, I'll have the uh, vegan salad, but can you put meat on it? <laughs> you never see it the other way around because it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, if there's somebody that's like, you know, I don't know, lactose intolerant, has an allergy, allergic to dairy, maybe they still want to So your try. argument is the guy that's lactose is complaining <laughs> that he can't eat mac and cheese. Well, yeah, that's something. I'm going to tell you, I make a hell of a mac and cheese. My son loves it when I make the Kraft mac and cheese. I am an expert at the Kraft mac and cheese. The I love how box. proud you are of bragging that you can make the most simple item <laughs> that's available on it's, anybody's it, kitchen shelf. Literally, all you have to do is boil noodles for seven minutes. But mine's good, I man. can boil water better than anybody I know. I don't even know what fava beans are. Every time I hear fava beans, I think of uh, I think of Hannibal Lecter, you know, eating that dude's liver with the side of fava beans <laughs> and a nice Chianti. Oh, God, that's gross. That's, Please stop that's, that. But that's what the vegan cheese sauce is made from. And they're saying, Kraft is claiming you can't tell the difference. I guarantee I can tell the difference. If you, if you put the two in front of me, I guarantee I'd be able to tell the difference. I just want to go back to how proud you are of being able to make Kraft <laughs> mac and cheese. Like In my mind, like your kids are waiting for their lunch, and you're coming out of the kitchen with this Kraft mac and cheese you made, walking like Vince McMahon, doing that billionaire strut. Except I've got like a white apron on and a and a chef's hat. <laughs> You're a regular like emerald. I, <laughs> Do you put it down on the kids' plates and go bam? 
half a stick of butter, powder, quarter cup of milk, and uh, and then boom, you're there. You need a strainer, strainer's key. <laughs> Outcast rapper Andre 3000 has broken a record hammer. All right, for I the, love Outcast. For the longest song ever to crack the Billboard Top 100, but it's not his trademark hip-hop. I believe we've spoken about this before. It's his new instrumental flute album. Oh, no. <laughs> God. This song, okay, this, this song is more than 12 minutes long. What? And it's the longest song ever to crack the Billboard Top 100. It comes in at 90. Again, it's 12 minutes long. Hold and up, the, hold the, up, hold up, yes, hold up. Yes. You're telling me that the guy that sang the vocals on Hey Ya now has a 12-minute flute song, and it's actually charting. Do you want to hear it? Here's a little bit of it right here. Is it? This is Andre 3000. Clip of his uh, instrumental song that cracked the Billboard 100. This sucks. <laughs> this is 12 minutes of this? 12 minutes of this. I sat through most of it. It's exactly what you're hearing now. And again, one half of <laughs> arguably one of the greatest rap duos of all time, Outcast, the people who brought you such hits as Hey Ya, The Player's Ball, Sorry Miss Jackson, all of a sudden, he's gone full Ron Burgundy, and he's whipped out the jazz flute from his sleeve, <laughs> and he's getting ready to deliver Aqualung. No, this is nothing. The new album, the instrumental flute album, is called New Blue Sun, and it did hit number one, the album did, on the, the New Age album charts. Where did this single chart but at? The song charted at 90. Okay, so how would you like to be song number... 91, <laughs> right? You've worked your whole life to get a song on the Billboard charts, or maybe it's a continued success from a storied career, and you look up and see who you're trailing in the charts, and it's 12 minutes of flute music from the guy that brought you Miss Jackson. <laughs> this bag, can you imagine? <laughs> All right, do we have uh, do we have time for one more here? Sure. Okay, a new poll found a, quote, good date. Now cost one hundred and ninety six dollars. Ooh, <laughs> uh, but not everyone needs to be wined and dined. Fifty percent of people wouldn't judge someone for taking them someplace quote cheap. The same percentage wouldn't even mind a free date. Are you okay with this? One hundred ninety six is a pretty interesting yeah, first date. That's steep for a first date. Yeah, and. Listen, I am somebody that's kind of in the middle. I'm not saying you have to take me to St. Elmo, but at the same time, I probably don't want to go to like a taco truck. Like if that's like the date, you know, matrix. The first date. Right. Somewhere in the middle. But if you're somebody that feels like, hey, it's not about where we go, it's who I'm with. Hammer and Nigel Restaurants. It's our new leg of our empire yeah. here. We were asked to put together a commercial for a very specific location that's trying to tell everybody we're available for dates. Make it a romantic date she'll never forget. You don't need roses or chocolates or jewelry. This year, show her how much you love her by making reservations at Waffle House. What the hell? Yes, it's an evening she will never forget. What are you thinking? Warning, you should probably not make reservations at Waffle House unless you're intending to break up. It's a new wing okay. of Hammer and Nigel Empire. There it's our go. records, I'm sorry, restaurant division. 
All right, coming up next, we got a special guest night. Who we got? Breitbart Tech editor Colin Medine is. Uh, this guy is going to freak you out of all the government surveillance going on right now. Like we knew big tech and social media was was kind of spying on us and getting our big brother exists. But there are laws, several different laws on the books right now, trying to get through that have the government directly doing the same thing to us. So we'll talk to him and big tech next. Uh, big tech editor Colin Medine after the news. On 93 WIP. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. BC. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there. You know, we all knew that big tech and social media are, are collecting data, keeping track of what websites you visit. Uh, selling it to advertisers, who your friends are, what's what's we all know that's going on. What's not as well known is that the government is also taking major steps to collect your personal data. Uh, we're going to go straight to the hotline and bring on Breitbart tech editor Colin Medine. Colin, here's the headline from Breitbart. Special counsel Jack Smith demands Twitter X give info on all Americans who interacted with Donald Trump even those that liked a tweet by Trump in the time frame of October 2020 to January 2021. What is that all about? Very happy to be with you today. So, you know, this is an interesting reversal on what Breitbart Tech has been talking about for years. Uh, we've been talking about Silicon Valley overreach, their business model of surveillance and learning every little angle of your life, including the dirty little details you don't want them to know, right? So now the government is going to come in and say, hey, Twitter, now called X, tell us everything you know about anyone who put Donald Trump in a tweet, liked his tweets, retweeted them, and they're, they're trying to get a massive information, which, you know, is not going to be used for any good purpose against anyone. It's going to be used to try to target people to silence them. Well, does this have specifically due to what Jack Smith is, you know, the January 6th stuff? It won't. Um, we have a prosecutor, a former prosecutor that works for Breitbart, and he was his mind was boggled by this because he said it's so incredibly broad. They want to know everything about anyone, you know, so they're also going to get a lot of uh, leftists in there who, you know, were trying to attack Donald Trump about something. Right. So it's beyond a fishing expedition. It's trying to create a net to get lots of ugly details potentially including things like phone numbers and so forth, uh, locations on anyone who did anything with Donald Trump's account for, you know, quite a period of time. Colin, Jason Hammer here. Have we heard from Elon Musk or any of the uh, management over at X Twitter? Because it feels like this is the whole reason behind Elon Musk making the purchase to take over the company he didn't want censorship. He wanted, you know, full transparency. And now we've got the special counsel trying to get all this information from his platform. Right. So, you know, we don't uh, we're not big Musk fans at Breitbart, but we do have to give him credit here. Uh, he fought against the search warrant uh, in in court. Uh, interestingly, you know, the, the the government didn't even want Trump to know this search warrant was even going out. 
Um, but he was unsuccessful. You know, the, the court, uh, the judge ruled against him. So this kind of data is going to flow to the government. It's probably going wow. to include millions of people. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. So what if somebody is a smart ass like me? Can we just go back and look at Trump's Twitter feed retroactively and just like a bunch of stuff between October 2020 <laughs> and January 2021 just as a little sign of defiance here? You know, that would be a great idea, and it would be like a, a good gesture in support of Trump. But, you know, uh, you have to remember, you know, what I started by saying is Twitter and any social platform is very good about capturing all these details the second they happen. So they can turn around and try to sell it to advertisers. Well, the government's going to use that same system. So Twitter, unfortunately, is going to say Hammer did this in 2023. Uh, so it won't help. Got it. Got <laughs> but, it. But okay, and maybe you touched on this a little, and I don't know if you could come up with any theories. Why is Special Counsel Jack Smith demanding Twitter give info on all the Americans who interacted with Trump? Any any notion as to why they are doing this? Well, my my opinion is there's no depth to the malevolence of these people. There's no level they won't drop to to try to hurt Trump, to try to hurt people who voted for Trump. And to try to say, hey, guys, if you do this in 2024, it'll be really bad. Hmm. That, that's my personal theory. Breitbart Tech Editor Colin Medine here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Here's another headline from Breitbart. All these are just creepy. White House surveillance program lets law enforcement snoop on trillions of American phone records. I mean, this kind of just goes hand in hand with what we were talking about, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you've said uh, uh, creepy a few times. I actually think Breitbart Tech should be called Breitbart Creepy because we get all the <laughs> government intrusion stories. Right. But, you know, what's going on here, again, I really hate it when we see the government do things in very tricky, skillful ways because it knows it's violating, you know, our constitutional rights. So if you look at this program, which it developed with the, with the coordination of AT&T, so, you know, <laughs> you might want to reconsider your phone plan, yeah. is, um, you know, this, this ability to go in and not listen to your phone calls because that's a wiretap and that takes, you know, a court order. But to be able to get all these details, who did Hammer call and talk to for 10 minutes at 8 p.m. on Friday? You know, who did Nigel call? Every Tuesday, you know, who, who are these guys calling right before the Colts play? <laughs> Maybe it's a bookie. Maybe the IRS needs to know about that. Right? My God, you do have my phone records. <laughs> right. so, so the problem is this. They figured out a long time ago, they don't need to necessarily listen to your call. They can, just like social media companies in Silicon Valley, they can figure out practically everything about us based on who we're calling, who they're calling, because they don't just, you know, they're not just going to a crook's phone and listening or getting the records for the crook. They're saying, well, that, you know, if the crook was a constant caller to the Hammer and Nigel show, no offense, audience, you know, they're going to say, well, gee, let's look at these people because, you know, it's like a social network, right? It's who did they talk to? Let's tap them and see what they're what they're doing. And so you get all this damaging information. Imagine what the government can do or anyone can do. If they know maybe someone's called a suicide prevention hotline, right? Maybe, you know, they're probably on medicine, they're, they're struggling in life. What about if they're calling, 
you know, a, a debt relief company. There's all these things you can learn about Americans without tapping their phone. And the government's doing that to, via trillions of phone records every year. Colin, I think ultimately, though, there's a lot of people that in the back of their mind, they knew this kind of stuff was happening anyway. I mean, every day, everybody gets on social media. We always agree to terms that we never read. Everybody's on their phone. I think even though we see these headlines on yeah. Breitbart and we see the big, bold letters, and when you hear the stories on the radio, it's kind of eye-opening, but I think a lot of people already knew this type of stuff was happening. Well, Hammer, I'll meet you halfway. I think people know that it's happening to some degree, but there's very few people who are not you know, very clued in insiders like the Breitbart tech team who know to what extent it's happening, right? So, you know, they may know Hammer likes pizza, okay? That's not what social media knows about you, and probably, by extension, probably the government now. They know you favor pizza, you know, on these days, and you probably eat it with these people, right? They know very, 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 very specific data on us um, that and and so I think it goes far beyond what people expect that these companies or the government knows about. And I, well, it's it goes far beyond Orwellian to this point. That's that's yeah. an understatement. He, Orwellian uh, Orwell was an optimist. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> but the thing is, and, wow. and I'll go back to this: like we've laid this out there, and that's incredibly damning what you just said. But I bet there's a large amount of people in this country. If you told them, "Hey, if you keep getting on the TikTok, if you keep getting on the Twitter, these things are going to happen," they're going to be like, "Well, that sucks," and then they're going to get right back onto TikTok and Twitter again. They're going to make a tick. A young person will make a TikTok video crying about how TikTok's spying on. Yes, them. it will be their specific reaction. So, you know, I come from the world of of marketing and the corporate America before I came to um, Breitbart. So, you know, the big problem we have for people that don't like this, don't like the surveillance state and surveillance capitalism, is we have a major job to do to try to change consumer behavior because young people, including my teenage children. You know, they're absolutely addicted to these platforms, Um, you know, to be away from those. They feel like they're how we would feel as kids when we if we went out to a cabin in the woods for two weeks with no telephone. Breitbart Tech Editor Colin Adine here. Uh, And it's not just this is this is like a a Democrat and Republican thing. I mean, like, you know, the Patriot Act after 9-11 was a, a huge breach. And now you have Speaker Mike Johnson considering putting a measure in a bill to reauthorize uh, the, a surveillance law, you know, and, and package that with the defense spending bill. Tell us a little bit about that. What is Section 702? Well, this is just, you know, another. There seem to be an unend- unending list of these programs I know. where the government can spy on people. Section 702 is a personal favorite because, you know, the government basically says, hey, guys, we pinky promise cross our hearts and hope to die, we're only going to use this on foreigners. So what does that mean to you guys, Hammer and Nigel? Doesn't it mean they're going to spy on Americans almost exclusively? <laughs> uh, you know, you got well, to kind of believe the opposite but of what they is, saying, it, is right? this FISA? Is that what they used to use on the uh, Trump campaign, spy on the Trump campaign? It's related to it because it, it allows them to spy without a warrant, but it's supposed to be outside the U.S. Um, but having said that, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's widely accepted that this is being used on U.S. people because U.S. people (laughs) call overseas, right? Um, 
so it's this terrible problem. You know, it, it's almost like the problem we see with with pork spending, right? And pork spending, they take a bill, and it's called something like Making Sure American Kids Eat Healthy Act. And who's going to vote against that? Because right. we all want healthy right. kids. Well, just, but it includes, you know, Ukraine funding. That's what's going on here, right. right? It's always the crap in the back of the bill that's the most damning. It's not the headline. It's the crap that's in the back that's buried. Right. So so what they're really what he's really doing here, if it happens, it's not for sure. He's daring any Republican to vote against funding our military, because that's a great way to crucify a Republican and say this guy voted against funding our military. Well, the reason is because they don't want people to be spied on without a warrant. Right. But that gets lost in the, 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 the small print. Check out his work, Breitbart.com, Breitbart Tech Editor, Colin Adine. Thank you so much. It's um, been uh, an enlightening and somewhat terrifying conversation, <laughs> Colin. Well, uh, happy to join you guys. You know, hope you can sleep good tonight. And, you know, Big Brother's watching. Uh, after that, I'm ready for a beer. Do you have any? After that, some? I'm ready for tequila, <laughs> some whiskey, and I'm, a keg. I'm ready to stomp my iPhone out of existence. Yes. Wow. I brought the libations, and there's a theme for today. Okay. Beer Sample Friday, next. Right now, Cameron and Nigel present oh, oh, oh. Uh, Beer Sample Fry. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Brought to you by Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. IU basketball coming up at 6 o'clock. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Sometimes we have bars that come in and drop off their beers for us to try on the air. Sometimes it's not always beer. Sometimes it's whiskey. Sometimes it's tequila. Sometimes breweries will come in. Sometimes we buy our own to bring in and sample. This is where we sample a different beer live on the air each and every Friday. It's my favorite segment of the week, actually. And sometimes it's topical, and that's where today's beverage comes from. Okay. So I hit the liquor store up by my house, and I looked at the calendar today, Nigel, and it's December 1st. It's December now. Everybody is full speed ahead to the holidays, and I thought that this beverage would be a great way to kickstart the month here, my friend. Okay, what are we looking at here? Uh... Seasick Crocodile Sour Ale with Cranberries, Ginger, Cinnamon, and Nutmeg from Prairie Artisan Ales. Seasick Crocodile, a line in the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. (laughs) I would not have got that. That's the whole Seasick Crocodile uh, thing. And the can looks like a wacky holiday sweater. It does. It's it's a holiday sweater, and this is obviously, again, this is a sour cranberry, ginger, cinnamon. This is everything Christmas should taste like right here, before he even tastes. When Santa Claus goes boozing, this is something he makes. (laughs) consider drinking (laughs) cheers to the weekend delicious this is so good yeah this is christmas this is santa this is uh this isn't something you drink after you get done cutting the grass this is something you drink when you get done wrapping presents leave this instead of the uh, milk and cookies for (laughs) santa iu basketball coming up next have a great weekend it's a hammer nigel show and the long